You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You are listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. This podcast is developed in collaboration with the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy and their Flip the Pharmacy team and paid for through CDC grant funding provided by the Pennsylvania Department of Health to the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association, broadcasted exclusively on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. While the healthcare system has been adapting to build capacity and meet the needs of caring for patients impacted by COVID-19, community pharmacies continue to stay open to meet the needs of all their patients. Pharmacies quickly responded to continue to provide care to patients in a safe manner, especially those managing chronic diseases. In this episode of Beyond the SIG, we will hear from Rob Mayer Jr. of Smith's Drugstores to discuss how they've adapted to continue to meet the needs of all their patients and where pharmacy goes from here. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Beyond the SIG, your prescription for transformative community pharmacy care. This is Brandon Antonopoulos, pharmacist and senior program manager of community pharmacy programs at the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy. Here with you again, this time on the other side of the mic, to continue the conversation regarding practice transformation efforts in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm joined today by Dr. Robert Mayer, Jr., Director of Pharmacy Services for Klingon Smith Drugstores, to talk a little bit about what they're doing to continue to meet the needs of all their patients, as well as thoughts on where does community pharmacy go from here. So thank you, Rob, for joining us this morning. Thank you, Brad. I'm happy to be here. So before we begin, uh, can you give a little more detail on Klingon Smiths uh, for our listeners, including the patient population you serve and, and services offered, things like that? Sure. So we are a, a, an independent family-owned chain that has been in business since uh, 1940. So we've been in business for over 80 years. And... Um, Currently, as I, as you said, I am the I oversee the, as the director of pharmacy services. We're a seven store chain. We're located in Armstrong County mainly, and we do have two stores in Clarion County. And so, um, Ford City, which is our uh, central, our main uh, original pharmacy, we're located about 40, 45 minutes north of Pittsburgh. Um, so most of our pharmacy service rural areas. Um, and some of our pharmacies are the only pharmacy within a 15 mile radius. Um, so we are dealing with uh, patients, um, you know, primarily, you know, we have patients, you know, our biggest population is elderly, but we have a lot of patients um, from all ages, but like I said, but more rural background. Um, most of our stores, uh, some of our busiest stores, you know, you know, we average, you know, a couple of hundred prescriptions a day. Um, and like I said, our services that we offer, um, we are um, part of uh, the PPCN and we've been trying to change our operations over the last couple of years, but we offer services like med synchronization, adherence packaging, immunization, medication therapy management services. Um, we offer delivery for all our stores um, and Five out of our seven stores have drive-throughs uh, for patient access, and that's probably pretty much it. 
<laughs> no, thanks. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks for painting that, that picture. So you like many other community pharmacies had to make some adaptations in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Would you please walk us through the timeline of those changes that you all implemented and, and things you've had to adapt to? Sure. Um, I mean, the first uh, thing when, you know, when the quarantine was coming down and everything was happening was how can we service our patients, but also protect our staff. Um, one of the things that's a challenge, as I mentioned, five, only five out of our seven stores have drive-throughs. And we also have some stores that are in communities where we have a lot of people that actually, um, we have one pharmacy where a lot of people don't have transportation and they actually walk. Um, it's in one of our, uh, downtown stores. And so we had to figure out a way to protect our staff, but able to service patients. And so it was a fluent change from week to week. Um, but for some of the major changes we first did was cleaning procedures, um, making sure keyboards, you know, counters, you know, screens, everything was cleaned, implementing gloves, and then eventually when, you know, masks came into play, we did. But before even the mask came into play, one of the things we made sure we did was, like I said, everybody was wearing gloves. We were cleaning periodically, but we also put up barriers uh, between us and the patients. And so we have um, clear through um, plastic barriers, both on our front counter and our back counter. Now, as the quarantine changed and the restrictions changed, we had to make signage um, offering, you know, patients, please only come in if you have a purpose. We had to, we set off uh, social uh, distancing, uh, spacing parameters in our stores. Uh, we actually were using uh, painter's blue tape, but everybody could physically see where they needed to stand if they did physically come in our stores. We started promoting more of our delivery service and we also started promoting through our social media, the ability for us to shop for you. Um, especially, you know, during this, you know, you know, pandemic, you know, we had holidays and people still needing, you know, some of uh, basic things besides their medicine. So that is our, our initial uh, thing that we did. Um, and then the other thing is we, um, and I think you're going to probably talk to me a little bit more about this later on, is we focused on ways that we could be proactive in reaching out to patients that were high risk patients so that, you know, the, that we could get their meds filled. The other thing is we, we always have done this, but we became more vigilant of, you know, if we weren't going to have a medication till the next day, or we were going to, you know, uh, need to get a new prescription refill, proactively calling the patients to minimize the time that they had to physically go out. And we're still continuing to do that. The last thing I'll, I'll say on this question is, you know, when we started seeing drug shortages initially, one of the things we were doing within our systems is running reports of everybody that was chronically on those medications, making sure we had enough to get them at least to the next month um, and making uh, decisions in that aspect. So it sounds absolutely like a lot uh, that you put forth and, you know, making those changes and, and quickly, you know, just as the healthcare system, you know, has been ramping up to meet the needs of, of COVID. And, and yes, you alluded to this and what I want to talk about today, you know, making sure still meeting the needs of um, 
all your patients, you know, so with, with all these changes, you know, how have you been able to maintain the level of patient care to all your patients that um, you've, you've all been able to do um, prior to the pandemic? Well, I, I want to uh, give uh, kudos to our staff. I think our, from our pharmacists to our technicians, to our clerks, everybody's really stepped up in reaching out and talking to patients um, and asking them like when they would call, is there anything else that you need? As I said, that communication chain really has become more of a phone chain and also counseling through the drive-through. Um, one of the things that we did, I just want to add to from a, is that we have uh, a Monday morning call that we do before the stores open um, to keep everybody up to date. Obviously we communicate internally with within our email, but we have our own um, intercompany intranet site where everything that we talk about policy and procedure changes, we put on our we put on our intranet um, for that. But like I said, a lot of that has been done with proactively calling our patients and, you know, making sure we're meeting their needs. And what role has learners um, been able to play in your strategies to continue to meet the needs of your patients? Yeah, um, two of two of my we, we have a pharmacy resident this year, Alexandria Lacombe and Matt Sipple, who is our president's son, who is graduating this year, who's our intern. Um, them, along with when this quarantine happened, and we actually had uh, two students. Um, uh, from Duquesne University that were actually physically on site and then within about a week of their rotation were told that they had to leave the site. They were not allowed to be here remotely and so um, with Matt and Alexandria being able to still be here following all our safety procedures, we were able to work with those students and also um, the University of Pittsburgh um, we were able to work with them in getting learners who are also displaced in helping us reach out to our patients. And that really was focusing on help identifying patients that were patients that should have been MedSync but weren't MedSync but were high risk patients. And, you know, one of the challenges that we had with that is how can we do that from a HIPAA protective way? And I will give that between myself and Alexandria and 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 Matt. Um, we were a, and and also partners with our universities, especially uh, you know with 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 Pitt. Um, is we were able to figure out how to do that, you know, telemedicine wise, and still have the students help us. Thanks. Thank yeah, what what have um, you know? Granted, it's still kind of early on, but what have what what have you noticed? What have your staff noticed? Even what are what are your patients noticed as far as that kind of that that experience? What are what have you what have you seen from that? Well, I think the one thing that you know we are part of you know the you know the the PPCN and flip the pharmacist, so we're trying to change the model and grow our MedSync program, and we've had a MedSync program for pretty much almost seven years, maybe um, just a tad bit longer, but I doubt it's about seven years. And one of the things that we hit a wall about a year and a half ago where 
people became disinterested in it. They didn't want to do it. And a lot of it had to do with our prior system. And so we got a new system about a year ago and we've been really trying to energize it. And one of the things that this, you know, crisis uh, brought out was patients realizing the importance of this. And also that, you know, instead of saying, hey, would you like to, you know, some of our phone conversations that ourselves are doing and the students are doing is, hey, we're calling today because you are, you know, you know, on a lot of medications and we want to make sure we can get all those medication for you and have them prepared to minimize your trips, that that has allowed people to be very open to wanting this to occur. And one of the things that the beauty of our system can do is we can do a lot of searches within our system of if this or if that type of statements. And we were able to immediately identify high risk patients, those, you know, 65 and above with chronic health conditions such as, you know, you know, respiratory diseases, cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, and to be able to pinpoint who those are. And when we have those conversations with them, it's been pretty uh, successful of patients wanting to be now in the program. And I don't even know we even really say it's a program. We just say, this is what we do. Um, we, we can have all your medications filled. You know, this is when it's going to be, this is when it's going to be due and we can go from there. And one of the things that we've also been able to do with the students and our staff is we've developed a workflow where the students are talking to the patients. They're doing a, a, a med intake to verify what they're taking. That document is then given to one of my, um, order entry technicians, and those order entry technicians are going into the system, seeing when their pickup date would be, making sure there's no other issues, then calling the patient back to tell them, this is when your medications will be finished, and then the pharmacy can go about doing what the pharmacy needs to do. That's, that's a, amazing to, to hear, all, hear all that, especially, you know, putting putting forth ways to make sure patients don't fall through the cracks, you know, especially those high risk ones or the ones with chronic, chronic diseases. And, and you mentioned this a little bit, you know, as far as some of the, the challenges with, um, you know, implementing things like, like MedSync um, or the appointment based model, which is, you know, you know, your pharmacy and even as a coach and, and flip the pharmacy here in Pennsylvania, um, you know, a, a lot of the success is leveraged, you know, on that, that model, that's domain one of the, of the change packages. And so flip the pharmacy, you know, two year transformation process. Um, but through the pandemic, you know, as, as you mentioned, and many others have had to transform, you know, out of necessity in, in practically two weeks. Um, what have you learned through all of this and how has this impacted your transformation efforts or, or where do you guys go from here? Well, one of the things um, this has done is realized we, we picked a partner about a year and a half ago um, when we changed um, our internal pharmacy systems. And we picked a partner that kind of saw the same vision of where we need to be. And the one thing that I've been very happy with this partner is it has the ability because we are seven stores and yes, we are unique and individual in each community that we're in, but we are one company with one goal. 
And what our system has done, along with the workflows I just described earlier, is showing how we can work as a team across all these stores and how we can support those stores because sometimes too to sit down and do a med rec sometimes depending upon the time of day it may be difficult you know just from a timing perspective um, but we are able to support both remotely um, for our stores and still keep that communication going. Um, one of the things too is like a day that we'd be calling patients we know that the patients you know we are calling from uh, we are using a a software system that would show that we are calling from that pharmacy so the patient would be more readily to pick up the phone. Um, but at the same time, we also know that patient doesn't answer that phone. The first thing they're going to probably do is call the pharmacies and say, hey, why are you calling? And so we were able to, one, communicate to our our stores to share what's what we were doing and why we were doing it and then letting them know what patients we were calling that day so just in case that we were all on the same page and one of the things like I said I think that you know sometimes you know it, it is you know what, what has occurred and what's still happening you know obviously is nothing uh, it's a terrible crisis but sometimes out of crises comes better solutions and and I and I, I really applaud our team of focusing that, you know, we are an essential business and we haven't gone away and, you know, and we are here to make sure patients took their meds because the other message we kept giving to everybody is if these patients on chronic medications don't take their chronic medications and they get sick, one, they're high risk and they really can't afford to go to an ER hospital and put themselves at risk you know, especially when we are at our peak in this crisis. And two, you know, they're just going to flood the ER and the hospitals, which could make the problem even worse. And so that message came across. But think about that message. That message is something every day, what we're striving to do. And what we keep saying in this transformation is we see a patient more times and touch that patient more times than any other healthcare professional. And our ultimate goal every day is to keep them out of the hospital and out of the ER and give them a good quality of life. Sorry, that was a very long answer, but I, I think that's still, that, that the one thing just some is this has allowed us to be better in our workflow um, immensely. No, I mean, I, I completely agree, um, you know, with, with you all and, and seeing with others, you know, out of, out of necessity, like you said, comes, come solutions and better solutions, um, and implement it a lot faster, uh, as well. It's been exciting to see. And I mean, you are spot on in, in mostly what we're, you know, focusing on today. Um, you know, the role that the pharmacist or pharmacy plays, you know, in this as that essential frontline, workforce still being open, still um, meeting the needs of patients while, um, you know, other usual healthcare services or healthcare access points um, are, are just not as accessible. And who knows what that's going to look like, um, even as uh, the, 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 our state and the country starts to um, slowly uh, start to reopen. Um, and, and, and that'll get me to my kind of my final, my final point or question I'll ask you. Um, final thoughts for our listeners trying to figure out, you know, where do we go from here with, with practice transformation, um, even, even with community pharmacy in general, you know, continuing to meet the needs of our communities um, in, in light of uh, the pandemic and beyond. 
Well, I think we, we, we have to follow the science and see, you know, what our, our healthcare leaders and we're healthcare leaders ourselves. So we have to be looking at the science ourselves and see what we need to continue to keep doing to protect our employees, our staff, and our patients. But at the same time, we have to remember that healthcare doesn't stop when a pandemic happens ever. And things that we are working on is one, how we can we continue to do this? I think one of the things that we're also working on is, you know, as telemedicine um, has been really picking up is the, we just had a conversation with a physician um, the other day about doing some remote patient blood pressure monitoring program. And we've been wanting to implement this for a long time. But the, the communication we had with that physician is, you're not getting these patients to come in and some of these patients don't even want to come in right now. And that's going to probably continue at least until, you know, people start feeling more relaxed or when we finally open up and, and, and maybe, you know, eventually, hopefully we have a vaccine. Um, but these patients who don't come in telemedicine wise, how do we monitor their blood pressure, monitor their diet, their, their blood sugars. And so I think, us as pharmacists, we have to be part of that. And so one of the things we do in our MedSync program is we have a seven-day call. And we just had a – we've been doing – actually, our stores have limited their hours now, so we close an hour earlier for most of our stores. And we've been doing um, biweekly uh, 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 webinars to train our staff. And we just did a, a webinar on workflow and sync, um, just kind of honing in our skills – and we, we emphasized how that seven-day call is so important uh, when we call somebody ahead for their sync because that's a chronic care management call. And there might be certain patients that maybe the technicians call, but there might be certain patients the pharmacist really should be calling to evaluate. So we're going to be continuing to look at how we can put those type of workflows into place. The second thing is I think that, you know, we all kind of held off on immunizations, um, myself in the last week or two, and we're going to be rolling out here very soon, um, our protocol to get back to doing immunizations, but our protocol is going to change a little bit. We're going to be doing more of an assessment from making sure that person's healthy, taking temperatures, um, maybe you work using a couple more safety gears to wear when we give our immunizations, and so that's going to come into play. So I think that although hopefully we come to a point someday where we're not in, in a pandemic mode, crisis but as healthcare professionals we're always I, I i come from a community pharmacy background but there's 10 years in my history where i worked in the hospital settings and one of the things of anybody who works in the hospital setting can appreciate we're always taught about good you know you know safety measures especially in terms of sterile technique and if we practice those in how we practice every day we can make sure our pharmacies are safe for our patients and our, our employees thank you rob uh, very much for your your time today in in the discussion uh, and sharing your insight from the field field and thoughts for the future and you know i'm, I'm really am excited to see what's in store for for us all and I, and I just want to say one thing too is that what i also have been really appreciative 
over these last two months is how both our state organization, both PPA, PPCN, and our national organization of CPSN, how we've come together as a team. We're not just a standalone pharmacy and the resources that have been out there and the podcast and the, you know, the conference calls, they, you didn't have that, you know, 10 to 20 years ago. And I think that is really what's moving the needle for us because we all have patients we take care of in our communities, but we're all in the same profession. So I just want to thank all those organizations because you've helped us immensely in being able to do what we are able to do. Uh, we, we appreciate that. And, and, and like you said, even, you know, the, another of the positive of the, the, the situation that we're in is the collaboration amongst, you know, all these organizations and, and everyone together. And, and, and yeah, I think um, another reason I'm excited um, for what the future, what the future has in store. Well, thank you again. And we invite our listeners to keep tuning in twice a month to beyond the SIG as we bring you innovations from local and national leaders that impact the delivery quality pharmacy care. So thank you for joining and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. Be sure to check back with the Pharmacy Podcast Network soon for the next episode. To learn more about transforming the role of the pharmacist, visit papharmacists.com forward slash podcast. That's papharmacists.com forward slash podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.